All right, superhumans, we have a little bit of a podcast change here. Yes, we release episodes every Saturday and every Tuesday. The Saturday episodes are the shorter episodes. The Tuesday episodes are my interviews with experts, scientists, technologists on many domains of performance. But going forward, one of the things that we are going to feature is a interview with a CEO, executive entrepreneur every month. And we are going to speak to them about how some of these concepts that, that we introduce in the podcast play a role in their life and their ability to make their team as well as themselves perform better. And so our first guest in these types of episodes is Mark Hennenberg. And Mark is the CEO at Hunkin and SSE. Mark has spent the last decade working strategy development and really making it happen. He has a passion for creating commercial success, business impact, and profitability through really customer understanding, customer experience, and purpose. Before Honkin and SSE, Mark worked for over a decade in the finance industry, as well as management consulting. As a CEO, program director, advisor, and initiator at Honkin and SSE, Mark specializes in strategy work and implementation, change management, and organizational development. So let's talk a little bit about what Mark and I got into. We talked about the evolving landscape of leadership and really what the requirements are from both the personality as well as characteristics that are needed to be a successful executive during this increasingly innovative era. We get into leadership 2.0, and I asked Mark to really define that. And we really delve deep into one of my favorite topics, the future of work. The show notes for this one are decodingsuperhuman.com slash honkin, that's H-A-N-K-E-N, and enjoy my episode with Mark Hindenburg. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Boomer. Delighted to be here. This is going to be an absolutely amazing conversation because I always like having a little bit of a background as to your path to CEO because you've worked at an, in a number of different industries. Yeah, yeah. Do you mind just touching a little bit, well, first on those industries and sort of, since they were so high pressured, what kind of characteristics allowed you to thrive in those industries? Yeah, it, it, I think it's a very interesting question, and and uh, uh, it, it, it's seldomly that you that you stop and think about your path, where you come from, what you do, and I, I encourage people to do that, do that more because of this kind of insight will will help you to take your next steps and and. We, there's a lot of the question is what's your vision and what do you want to become? But, but I've, I've had an understanding that I'm good with people. And, I, and, and one of the things is that I get my energy from people. And, and the collaboration modes that you have and you can engage people to, to, to gain a different target, that's, I think, one of the, the gifts or the blessings I have been doing. And, and I've been able to master that skill as well because I've, I realize that it's not a, a number one a race for for just one one uh the other thing i i would like to say is is uh, you need to to be able to hand stress in in a way and uh, and focusing on the task in hand and and then i realized throughout the years that 
although it's a high pressure situation, I, I've never failed to deliver, which means that, that putting your focus in that a lot of stuff can be done in 24 hours or 48 hours or even two hours, that is, that, that would be good results. And then, then I've, I've always had this kind of never, never give up and never come empty handed. So, so always have an idea to push forward. And, and that's, I think the way you're, sh- you're doing your path and you're, you're, you're doing the, like the unbeaten path and showing the way. Mm-hmm. So along that, because you touched on a few things there that are very interesting, right? Like yeah. stress, stress resilience, dealing with people, et cetera. Yeah. Has health or an emphasis on health or what has actually helped you in sort of developing those skills? Because obviously experience does help, but yeah. any sort of other things like it has an emphasis on health or a lack thereof helped you as well? Yeah. So it was interesting when I, when I came from this kind of consulting world, which, which you ran out, I was working at the, at the bank, uh, mm-hmm. a financial institution and, and, and it was good times at the moment. So you had this kind of goodies always in every meeting and you, you started to gain weight and, and mm-hmm. then started to realize that, uh, that you got tired and, mm-hmm. and irritated in a, in a way. So, so <laughs> I, I think I, I gained, gained, you know, 10 pounds r- really quickly. I might in half a year or something by just eating and having all this kind of munchy stuff mm-hmm. around you. And then I, I, I realized that, that that wasn't the way going forward. And I, and I, I got early on in the marketing career, I got an opportunity to sponsor a half marathon. And mm-hmm. I, hadn't, I hadn't really done sports in 15 years. And, and I, I started out with just running a mile and I was, I was exhausted. And then, then after a while, I just made it. And then we made this kind of bet. Okay, let's do a, a marathon. And since then, I've, I ran 10 marathons. So, so that's, that's given me my own time and, and time to also think about solving issues uh, that, that's work-related. So, so it, it's been the endorphins are you, you feel good and you're energized, but yeah. as well you are. The resilience, the resilience, as, as as you said, you you have time to think, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's your own time. So that's been for me a very very important uh, thing during my years, in the last last five six years at least. Absolutely, and I, I remember my first years in investment banking pretty well. There's a lot of snacks around. Yeah, yeah. You're 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 just kind of eating some points to stay awake. Yeah. Uh, but I I remember those years very well, not so fondly because it took a while to lose those pounds. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But excellent. Uh, so, in terms of your people skill development, I'm just curious: were there any books or things that you've read that have served you very well along that development? Yeah, um, there are, um, well, I've, I've read a lot of books, uh, and I think that that's one of the recommendations that, that what I said, that if you want to be on the edge, you should mo- be modern. And that means like, you should really know what happens in society and, and, uh, to be able to develop, develop your skills. And, and especially now the foresight skills and understanding what happens in the world in, in this kind of bio or, or or tree divided world with, with you, Russia, China, and, and, and United States on one hand. And then we had this kind of Europe, like a meddler in, in the, in the, in the, in the middle of what's going to happen. So, 
so these kinds of books uh career wise i i think that i had this this um book that helped me very much in 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 communication and presentation and making you know difficult things uh um really really easy to understand and that was that was a book called presentation sent by gary reynolds and that, that's an interesting book in, in well it tells you how to make nice looking powerpoint slides and how to make nice presentation but but it, it also tells you how, and he, he he's living in japan so he has this kind of japanese con, concept and, and there's about how to eat right and you know eat only till you're 80 percent full and this kind of using this kind of insights and concept in making your story and, and building this kind of presentation so so that's the way i i love really much uh chip and then heat to harvard Harvard guys mm-hmm. wrote, made, written a, a book called Made to Stick and then How to Change When Change is Hard and mm-hmm. Hard Hard and uh, and you know I've been working a lot of these kind of motivational uh, issues in my work today and, and these kind of academic projects of how how to change and how to nudge people to do do stuff and it's 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 not easy because there's always a conceptual extrinsic uh, value that. That, that is there and, and then this kind of intrinsic where we're talking today about this purpose and why are you doing this work mm-hmm. and 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 as we know that that you kind of this kind of sticks and carrots aren't really the way to motivate people uh research show that that well if you you change you go to another workplace you'll get the same perks so so it's it's not that why you stay at the work but it's more of this kind of pur- purpose and that you feel good about what you're doing and and that's that's something where, where corporations should focus on. And I, I think this kind of of purpose or meaning and 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 discussing and what what is really the value that you give to your in, in your working about and what you do. So that's that's I think an important stuff that that should be yeah. emphasized. Yeah. Beautiful. Just for the uninitiated, because you know, greater than fifty percent of the audience listening right now is in the United States. Do you mind Hello. explaining? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you mind explaining Hong Kong uh, to everybody? Yeah, yeah. So, so I am CEO for a magnificent company called Hanken and SSE Executive mm-hmm. Education, and and it's a it's an independent consultancy owned by the Stockholm School of Economics and the Hanken School of Economics, and and people who study the, they're very international business schools, and they're what we call a triple crown. Uh, accredited schools, which means that only 1% of all the business schools in the world, there's 15,000 are triple crown accredited, which is very, very high standard. And, 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 and we have a lot of known worldwide known professors as well. So, and, uh, uh, some may know that the Finnish education system is one of the best in the world and, and we are, we are highly educated. So it's, it's an interesting place to be globally right now. So what we do is is really we support amazing companies to, to, uh, well, do strategic change, uh, and and my my take of this kind of if you want to change you really know, you ha- you have to define why, and then and then uh, and and then take it from that to the different levels of the organization to to come there, but that's Hanken at SSA for for uh, and uh, in a nutshell. So one of the things you said earlier was be on the edge and be modern, uh, yeah. or to be be modern, be on the edge. And I, I just want to go a little bit into that modern concept because yeah. right now a big buzzword is disruption. 
right? Yeah. And this is something that everyone who's listening to this is probably experiencing it in some sort of way. Yeah. What kind of characteristics do you think leaders need, or do you know leaders need in this kind of era where their job could theoretically be gone tomorrow? Yeah. Um, what What characteristics do you think are most valuable for leaders? Yeah, well, if we talk about change, uh, uh, change is very, very hard. And nobody really likes change. You, you must say you, you like change. And if you don't, uh, if, uh, well, get married, then you know that, that it's hard to change. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm in this process right now, by the way. So. Yeah, okay, yeah, congratulations. <laughs> but I, I yeah. mean that... that You'll, you'll sure know your defaults quite soon. And if after 10, 10 happy or 15 happy years, I'm, I still know that they're the same discussions we talk about. And it's not easy really to change who you are. <laughs> but uh, the concept, I think, of disruption is uh, one question. And the question is, what if? So what if mm-hmm. we could do it in a different way? And in big corporations aren't built in asking the question, what if they're built uh, like a machine to do output. So it's like explosion of, uh, of the idea that you have or the product, get more, get more performance, get it highly, get it more cheap out and run faster, run faster, get it out. So mm-hmm. nobody has really time to ask what if, but when you're in a startup, you're 95% of the time you ask what if. Yeah. So, so I think the big corporation, if you're working in a big corporation, you, you're going to lose this kind of youth and ask what if and, and this kind of childlike play in, in finding new solutions. And, and uh, especially in this kind of world where really now when we talk about fake news and stuff, what's really real? And, and it's, it's nice to do work in academia because that's really research stuff. Mm-hmm. But, but what, what does academia do? It, it, they, they put hypotheses on stuff. What if? And then they test and test and test. So I, I think this kind of curiosity is one of is one of the like basic skills in leadership that curious companies will thrive in the future. I think that's 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 one one thing that that uh, is is really important on a personal level. Then then uh, I I don't believe in in kind of this kind of functional corporate structures that they will stay for really long and. And I, I think as well as, as we talk now, we, 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 are, we are doing a collaboration actually now, now in, 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 in some kind of ecosystem that mm-hmm. we're we are building up and there are other players as well. So this kind of platform economy where you play a part and you get specialized in what you do, but you also know something about all the other elements and, and you know people that can deliver it for you. So I think this kind of special skill, but a broad knowledge of what you can do in that work as a, is your if you're as a person as well as a platform, so you can deliver results by combining the different uh, competences that you know around you, then I think you can make an impact. Traditionally, the tasks have been easy in corporations, and you gather your team, and that's the expert team, and they do something. But now, really, I think you employ people that are not in your organization, and and that's when the magic happens. So this kind of entrepreneurship, seeing the big picture, being in the moment, and then leading people. So, I mean, uh, you need people to do stuff, and then you'll be people to believe in what you do. They're called investors mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in, in some way. And, and then creating this kind of 
we, we can change the world or we are world's best culture because if you don't have that you probably won't make it mm -hmm. so so that's that's what i think and and then then there's this kind of third dimension with we, we shouldn't forget this is also the understanding of of potential customers or, or the gaps in the market or or, or or the way that your solution or service will will help them to be better or achieve their results and this kind of needs based understanding what you do especially if you already have a product and and or, or a service that you're trying to build a market so those kind of uh this kind of modern foresight understanding where you are reading the economist you know that that gives you a good picture of the world what's happening and then you're in a tech blog and then you're in a company and, and and stuff like this and this kind of entrepreneurship like we do i mean we let's do something great together and 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 see what what what's happened and probably someone hello america or someone else so well that's that's a good thing let's <laughs> let's build on that and let's have these guys and and let's talk can we do something together so i i think that this is the way that that we're going to do business in the world. Mm -hmm. one of the things you said there was yeah. uh traditional structures may yeah. disappear I, i'm paraphrasing here but yeah. traditional structures may disappear. Yeah. Does this mean, uh, and does this mean we're moving towards a world where big, big com? So on one hand, I, I look at the world and I say, like, there are a, quite a number of large tech companies which yeah. could uh, be the sort of four horsemen or whatever you want to call it of the new economy. Yeah. On the other hand, what you just said also resonates with me very well, which is this idea of mutual collaboration among essentially peers. Yeah. Um, is there, is it mutually exclusive said another way, like are Amazon and Google going to run the world or are we going to have a more integrated approach with both of those? Mm, well, um, that's a, a difficult question because mm -hmm. no one can say what the future. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> so well, I, 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 yeah, I, I'm asking the the so, question as an <laughs> yeah. So, so, so I think that we can look like be, what's happening if if we look, you know, behind and what's happened to big corporations mm -hmm. uh, that have been the leading in the world uh, as the world has gone, you know, developed and gone further. Many of them have failed. But again, these kind of tech companies are really investing and doing new stuff all the time. So I think that they will will, will have a, a successful future. And as mm -hmm. you see, Amazon is not a bookstore or book, book no. company anymore. And Google is not a search engine anymore, pretty far from it. Mm -hmm. so, so they are actually one of the first kind of mega dinosaurs that have been, you know, uh, surviving the first meteor attack and, and, and doing the second. But probably some, someday that will also disrupt and they break down to smaller companies and stuff like this because also, you, you, well, we imagine, I mean, there's religions. There are people, by two billion people in the Catholic Church, they, they think about. And I, I probably kind of Google and Amazon are these kind of religions, what you can do and this kind of a culture that you can, you, you can build on. So that that's that's my take i um i'm I, there are a lot of movements i think in the world away from this kind of big stuff and 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 the state where we are in 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 the with the environment and social responsibilities and travel and stuff like this and 
I think the, the biggest money in, in the world in the future is going to be information mm-hmm. stuff. And, and as more is digitalized, the more can be copied. So coming up with, with kind of new stuff and, 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 and we're, we're coming to have AI doing a lot of the data stuff in the world. So, so this is, the question is, what is the human performance always in this kind of, and, and what kind of new companies will there be? So I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm re- I, I don't know one of, the, one of the books that we, we, we I think many of have, have been reading this, this kind of Homodeus by Yuval Noah, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and he, he paints a quite big, a scary picture, I think, of the future also, about the future of humankind. Yeah. Does the computer run you or, or do you run the computer? Right. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, or really even the extreme that, well, there's no work to be done. And, and so, so if you don't do any work, so what do you do for being happy? Well, just sit around and eat, eat a lot of pills and, 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 mm-hmm. and, be, and be happy. And then uh, that's quite an interesting view on the, on what's going to happen. So, um, I don't know if, if, you know, if Google or Amazon or, or this kind of big, if this like this kind of corporate structure is really, but I, I think more about this kind of purposeful movements. And we have been seeing this a lot through the world now, this kind of helping each other and sharing economy and stuff like this. And, and also they, they do a lot of good and they donate money and stuff like this. But I think this kind of mutual way of, of uniting human, humankind in a kind of better way and then it starts from yourself. And if you feel good, then this kind of, of you, you, you can do good for your community. So that, that will be of value. Mm. All right. So I want to just pick your brain since you have access to a lot of research from some pretty great universities. Yeah. The common characteristics among great leaders, personality characteristics, uh, if you will, and great companies really, uh, is there any sort of common ground or is it, I've read recently, you know, there's many, this was uh, in the effective executive, Peter Drucker. There's many different yeah. types of leaders, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, is there any common ground or anything that people should be on the lookout for slash training? Uh, well, all of these models that you have, uh, y- you know, uh, you ha- have this kind of, uh, going back to the Greeks and, you know, the blood and the sanguine and melancholic and, and going to Maslow. And, and what you really talk about is, is that you, you help people becoming better at what they are and, and giving them the freedom or the autonomy to do the stuff that they, they want to do and help them to become better. So, so I think it all boils into that. And then there's dif- difficult difficulties or, or challenges on the way. And one of the challenges, the corporate structure or something, the given task that you are going to do and so on. And then people move on. So, so if you're a leader, you should always think about, well, what can you give to this person in the backpack? Because that person will not stay forever, maybe two or three years and so on. Uh, we, we are talking a lot of this kind of change leadership and everything is change leadership. And, and John Cotter is one of the, the, I think the most, and he had this kind of march of the penguins as well many years years back. And 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 the the interesting thing about this, if it's always been criticized, like it's like top down. So mm-hmm. yes, but but really, if you think about this, change comes from the organization. 
someone says that something has to be done or comes from outside. It could be customers or it could be anything else. So what, what I really, what I, what I, what I mentioned, and I think this is, is, is this kind of people skills is, is depending on the situation, every situation demands different kind of leadership. You know, it's, if it's easy, repeatable tasks, then you shouldn't go and micromanage. And if it's something else, so, and you know, so, so um, I, I think this kind of people skills, but that, that you are there for them. That's, mm-hmm. that's one of the things that you give them time and, and listen to them very, very carefully and, and trying to help them. And it's not, it, it's difficult to listen without coming out and saying what's on your mind, but really mm-hmm. helping people to, to give the answers. So, so I, I think that one of, without going into kind of this kind of academic research on this, but because we are doing exercises, we, you know, we have eight different models and you can test, the, test them all. And wow. then, you, then, then, you see, you, then you see what kind of leadership. And, and there are different people. I mean, if, if you look at, at this kind of basic disk analysis that I'm, I'm really a pace setter, you know, and I'm just kind of red and I want to make things happen. And then there are people that are like introverts and blue and they're very on this kind of detail and information. It might be that I, I, I have a hard time with you as a person. The chemistry doesn't click. And, it's, and, and, and then the discussion is how can you support and how, do you, how can you adapt to the situation to get those people on board. And, 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 and then we have had the discussions as well in, in this kind of Bezos, uh, Elon Musk, uh, yeah. uh, Steve Jobs. Are they, are they these kind of leaders really that, that people want to lead? And, lead? and, and, and many say no, but, but what has been so fantastic about them is that they have been an inspiration to, to take the next step and, and do something that hasn't been done before. Mm-hmm. And people are driven by that. Our sponsor for today's show is one of the two brands of blue light blockers that I actually recommend using. And I've had the CEO, Matt Maruka, on the show before, and we got into a two-hour-long discussion, which I think to this day is the longest episode of the Decoding Superhuman podcast. But his company, Raw Optics, has made blue light blockers sexy. In fact, I know they worked because I've seen the test results. And the beauty of their product is, is that blue light doesn't get in. And if any amount of blue light gets in, that Netflix show that you're watching late at night, that book that you're reading, that email that you're answering is disrupting your sleep. So where do you get yours? Head over to rawoptics.com, plug in the code BOOMER, you'll get 15% off your order. Enjoy. So one of the things, one of the words you have said a few times now, which I've kind of tabled to this moment is purpose. Yeah. Purpose gets used quite a bit. Do you mind just talking about how important is purpose is particularly an individual level for an organization? And I guess defining and finding that purpose, is there any sort of tools or techniques that you recommend? Yeah. Um, usually when you have a new CEO or strategy process, you start to talk about the mission and the vision and the purpose. And many companies have actually skipped the mission and they talk about purpose all the time. So, so these kind of definitions or what are the definitions that you can look at it in different ways. So what I say, well, well, who, who's the vision for actually? And if you look at corporate corporations and, and it's kind of this quarter reporting, the vision is, is, well, someday we will be this. That's like the vision. 
and and uh, and who is interested in that actually uh well mostly uh the investors should i invest this money yeah well you're going there and you have maybe a financial outlook for five years or three years or the next quarter so this is the vision in well but then you have this kind of mission what do we do every day and and if it's written in 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 a good way that hey, well we are here to well make shoes for you know uh, all, all the people well mm-hmm. that could be something but but and then this kind of purpose is 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 the promise that if we do this we will help the, the world becoming in a better place so this mm-hmm. is the understanding uh, the link between what you do what why your work matters mm-hmm. so that's the way so so that's the that's like the shortest definition definition i have here so mm-hmm. so and and then then we have peter drucker again as you mentioned and say well yeah. well culture it's strategy for breakfast and what does that mean and and i've been discussing with a lot of ceos well who owns the corporate culture and then the ceos who said that well i delegated to hr and i yeah, said you, I think, you mentioned I, this in a previous conversation yeah. that delegating corporate culture to hr but yeah. i, I want to do you mind expanding a little bit yeah yeah well so well, well i'm i'm head of hr so so i will be you know in charge of the corporate culture and and i've said well i i think you should leave the company because you're in trouble because <laughs> The, the CEO plays a very vital part, of course, in being in the corporate culture because he is the spokesperson, but, mm-hmm. but or she, uh, the CEO, uh, and also, I mean, top management should talk about the purpose and the why. And this is, is kind of Simon Sinek also thinking about, well, what is, what are we here for? What are we doing? What are we aiming to do? And what's, why is that important? And if you really can think about that, why is it important for our customers? How can we help them be better? Or, or why, I'm, I mean, if you meet a nice girl in the bar, if you only talk about yourself and how good you are, it, it, you, you probably won't go on the next date. So, so that won't be that exciting. So it, it's, it's the same time. And then, then if you talk about this kind of middle management layer, if the, the things that do the work actually and, and are daily in this kind of approach. So they are actually defining the how so how are we going to work differently to achieve the positions that we have? And it could be that, well, we do lean or we do something else, but we do these kind of interesting projects to build a new computer or whatever, which is, which is actually building the corporate culture. We are defining the way we work. And then there are values that, that are commonly agreed upon that how we work together as well. And then if we go one layer, layer, layer down, and now I... Uh, uh, is really well what is the outcome of the work and what what good what can we do of that so this kind of why how and what what do we really do so so that 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 function i think the purpose functions as a glue between all the organizational layers or or in really the ecosystem and making this kind of cultural amoeba uh, mm-hmm. for to to something that a very tangible so if you want to change the culture change the way you work and define how you're going to do it. Because many companies that actually we said that you should know your strategy or mission or vision, but but really the values are are in many companies something that's only on the website. So really thinking about these values and what does it mean that and that's the common common rules of engagement. And in the military, there are pretty, pretty detailed descriptions of that. And then we come to something that that we call leadership principles. 
Mm-hmm. So, so if you work with values and leadership principles, leadership principles are again the way and, and what are we preferring and choosing so that we can come to the, to the vision uh, that we want to strive for. So this is kind of my take on, on this kind of all the academic discussion with mission and visions from Porter Competitive, uh, everything from the 80s and stuff like this. Uh, and then we're, we're also talking about the strategies emerging process. So we don't do three or five years. We, we do long term, but this is kind of uh, something engaging in the organization, which means that, that the input or the information comes from everywhere. Mm-hmm. So you should be quite agile, agile in getting that, that information. In terms of an organization and, yeah. and just looking at an organization and now we have this rapidly innovative, disruptive, whatever you want to call it, society, mm-hmm. making sure your people are aligned with the purpose seems yeah. to be categorically one of the most important things that organizations can do. Yeah. How do you, what, what are some steps that people can take? Let's say you're, you're an executive listening to this and you're saying this all makes sense. It can lead to organizational performance. Yeah. Uh, what are kind of the first steps that people can take? Well, I, when we talk about this is, is that it has to be something that is, it's, it's really like, this kind of aha moment that's a, whoa, that's, that's really important. So, mm-hmm. so, so if you don't get that reaction, you'll probably should, you know, don't, don't think, force it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And think about what, what, what actually you're doing it might be that you're not doing anything important. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have any part, but I, I'm talking about, you know, advanced, uh, advanced working environments or, or creating environments. And then I would say it should be it, it should be so short that you can write it on a t-shirt mm-hmm. because, because it has to be engaging in a way that you remember it. So th- these kinds of, and, and, and the most difficult thing to do is making it really short and impactful. So so this is this is something that that I think that uh, that uh, uh, Go, going back also to the discussions where we have today a lot of, of you know, this kind of sustainability, which is what we're most linked to purpose at the moment. Mm-hmm. And, and we talk a lot about financial sustainability and we talk about this kind of environmental sustainability. And now companies are going back to this uh, social sustainability. And this is something like the, the, I think the first Norwegian prime minister Ruharen Brundtland said in the United Nations in back in 1987 that well we got this kind of three three things and if if we think about this like uh, 30 years late later uh, we are still in the pose of okay we're trying to optimize the financial performance and yeah we're getting good at the the environment but and well there's not more has never been more plastic in the season. Uh, you know, we're talking about this planet mm-hmm. and this kind of social stuff. It's been, if, if we look at, I'm not, I'm not going political, but, but really uh, how the world has developed and, and we're looking at this kind of shutting the borders and doing everything. This polarization, kind of, if you will. Yeah, that's Yeah. About polarization and closing and naturalism that are very thriving now. So, 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 and, and it can be a small community thing, but, but, 
really, I think if you want to have your position in the world, it's, it's, it's really something helping out the society to become a better place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the future of work, because this is one of my, my favorite topics. And given some yeah. of the things that you said, I imagine that it is, um, it is as well. But what's your opinion on what the future of work looks like? I mean, this that's actually a very, very broad question. And so we can either start with just sort of office space, how individuals uh, show up to work, those kind of things. But in terms of the future of work, um, it, to me, it seems like there's obvious things like workday structure that could yeah. be improved. But what what are some of your views on necessary changes that are needed to be made to the workplace environment today in order to really build sustainable high performance? Uh, well, Boomer, I think that you, you're more of an expert in, in this area than I am with, with all the work that you do and, and understanding going back to the genes and stuff like this. That, mm-hmm. that, but I, I think that really this understanding is, is very important. We, we, in, in many, you know, employee surveys, uh, there's one of this question about work-life balance. Mm-hmm. And it's a difficult question. Uh, uh, I don't know how many people lie in that question, but, but, <laughs> but, but if you would prefer to sit on a, a, a porch drinking gin and tonic or champagne or sitting at work, what would you prefer? Uh, I don't know. I, I probably would prefer work uh, and doing some kind of... Uh, good with with the stuff i do something useful that people can 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 have have something but many would choose the other option mm-hmm. as well so this is kind of hard but i think this kind of the the really really important thing is that when you do something you're motivated to do that because that that that's not then the stressful and we're coming back to the purpose but it, it means in, in in this kind of triad of you know are you happy with your work that's one thing are you happy with your family and your friends, your social life? That's another thing. And then are you happy with yourself, this kind of me? Are you feeling good? And, and if one of these areas is not good, then it will affect the other areas as well. So this kind of balance. And I, I, I think that we should more and more take responsibility of that in, in the workplace also to ensure that we are good. Uh, this kind of office space uh, as we see and it's not that important anymore but the importance is the interactions and now we have digital devices of course a, a, a three-dimensional meeting face to face there's some there's some value in that there's some personality otherwise than as we now are doing this kind of with the to to uh, through the computer so so there's something human in that and i i I've seen this also in the executive education that, that a few years ago you wanted to do this kind of digital stuff mm-hmm. and you can, and, and there's a lot of digital stuff going on and you can do self uh, learning and, and, and that, but now more they say, well, yeah, yeah, but everyone can do that on their own time. If you're interested in that, because you can either way, all the information is there, it's accessible. But what you really get is, is the interaction from the face to face. So, so I see that the work environment and this kind of, uh, work happens in meetings or in interactions between people uh, that's going to be really, really stronger. And, and as, as you've been visiting a lot of innovation plants and stuff like that, they make the, the work environment 
uh, help you to this kind of do better interactions. It could be that you have the screens on the walls or it could be you have slides or something else, which gives you in a different mood to be creative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have, what's your favorite one that you've seen so far in terms of as you've gone around to different companies, just ways that they've kind of uh, constructed their office environments, so to speak, to feed performance? I think the famous ones that come to mind are like Google, of course, but any any favorites that you've seen? If we look at, if we look at how companies... Going around in Europe and in the US, uh, uh, they're quite dull. The offices are quite dull. Oh, it's they're horrible. Blue, they're blue and gray and it's corridors and, and the rooms. Are, and I, I wouldn't really buy any of those furnitures to my house. No. And, and so, so this kind of, there's, there's a lot of potential to invest some money in making, you know, as you would, you know, the Starbucks made it as a second living room. I don't know if that's either what it is today, but, but really making the spaces alive. So, so there's been very innovative. I've been in, into to, um, to uh, uh, some ad agencies are good. Microsoft was very, very good. I've been there as well. And, uh, and then the Fjord offices, I, lo I love those. They're very nice. And those are like high class and very, very good. And there's, you know, gadgets around and it's, 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 uh, it's like made out like a garage, some rooms, and you can really experiment and do stuff like that. So that's very inspiring. But, but the key point is that there are different environments, that there are different specialists going around doing it. It's like going at the fair, you know. There, there's interesting things that, that inspire you mm -hmm. uh, uh, in different ways. So that's the, that's the ones. So no, I, I really haven't been seeing those kind of innovations place yeah. still. There's a, I mean, if I visit 50 companies, there's like three that are like, whoa, that's a nice office. I would like to work here. Yeah. And of course, they're a nice office with, you know, marble tables and stuff like that. But I'm not talking about that. I'm really talking about, well, this would be an inspirational place. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot going on in, in your homeland, actually, just in terms of companies looking to change that. Uh, you know, Nava and a few others are doing a lot of good in terms of making the office atmosphere a lot more conducive to performance. Whereas, yeah. In the past, we were kind of forced into this cubicle, or in my case, a trading floor. Um, yeah. And I, I'm not sure that's the recipe for the future. No, no. I, I, I once did a, uh, well, this is off topic, but I once did, did a blog uh, where, I, where I asked who invented the cubicle. And this, I, I really, I <laughs> Sounds really like a great blog, blog but I, I, I wanted to understand his, like, the motivation for that. But it's re a really cost-efficient uh, yeah. way to, to fill the house with or a room with maybe you just got out of solitary confinement I was just <laughs> yeah, it, could, it could be so would you invest in a cubicle in in the future i don't know I, uh, I don't think so but one story of that is really because i was i was working really early in this open office environment uh, mm -hmm. and and then i came to companies uh, that didn't have this open office. And, and we're actually at, at the university here, we're talking about that the professor wants to have their own rooms because that's like, no professor is a professor. And, and they're really trying to get this kind of open environment. And, and when, I, when I did this in, in a couple of workplaces, they arrived and, and I asked, well, hi, how, how high would you like to have the shades, you know, between the desks? And, 
and they wanted like 180 centimeters. So, so if you stood up, you couldn't see your colleague. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then I, I had this kind of rip out the wall stuff and people were really like afraid. And then I, well, what are you doing behind your, your, your shade? That if you're, it's you're a good question, here. right? Yeah. And if you're not here to like collaborate and, and talk to, to each other, and and now when you see in the offices and, and and I don't know what that is people have their air forms and stuff like this that that they want to work in and and have their own privacy so there there I think that there needs to be this kind of focus on quiet rooms where you can come into flow and not be disturbed and you have to have this phone so yeah. so it depends on what you want to do so that's important to all you office designers out there exactly exactly yeah. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about leadership because I think we've talked a little bit about the future today. We've talked yeah. quite a bit about leadership, but yeah. uh, you know, when I was sitting for a promotion discussion around an investment banking, there was this phrase that "what gets you here will not get you there," um, yeah. and that gets used quite a bit in terms of just when we look at leadership. Uh, what gets us here today will not get us there tomorrow. Yeah. What is leadership 2.0 or what does leadership development 2.0 look like? Because you're yeah. very much front and center in the leadership development yeah. world right now. What does it look like in the coming years? Yeah. I would like to argue still, I, I mean, this is a saying, but would you agree that, that uh, usually if you're a good sales guy, you will get promoted as head of sales? <laughs> very, very and then, true. Right, and then you're a shitty leader because yeah. you love to do sales and not the people. So this is this is one of the the, the problems I think we have in in this kind of old way of thinking about this mm-hmm. uh, th- this way. Uh, one of the key issues which I ask myself is, well, how much are you doing leadership of your time, your total time? How much is leadership mm-hmm. versus how much is the you do the work yourself? Yeah. So of course you can meet customers and you have this kind of, you know, so what, what is, you know, a good distribution of, of this kind of your time for leading others, helping others to achieve their targets versus that you're doing it yourself. And it could be, well, I have to do a proposal for a customer and I'll have the team. Oh no, but I, I know myself better. So I'll do it. I won't send it out. In the case of sending it out and putting some kind of note on it on a, and, and say, well, I think you should think about this and then helping them to achieve the results which means that you kind of uh, won't need to do it the next time. So it's mm-hmm. always easy to it's always easy to uh, to delegate upwards mm-hmm. because you know there's where the information is. So one of the the interesting question is is if if someone asks me uh, uh, how would you do this, then I ask if I weren't here here who would you ask? Uh, and and that. That uh, gives them time to think about this stuff. So, 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 it's it's crucial to build this kind of comfort and safety that allows leadership. Because in many companies, and people are afraid. If I mean, uh, I've done the work before. Now I'm delegating it to someone. That this person who will do it will get all the credit, and then I won't. Then I won't, you know, I won't get the next role, but the person who's doing doing the actual, you know, work. So, 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 and and that's one of these kind of personal things that that leaders are thinking about. Well, if then I'm not working, I'm not contributing. Now, 
your work is to enable that the work gets done and people will love you. And this is really a true fact. The, the less you care, really, like this, the less you let them work for themselves, the better they see you as a leader. Because you're leading people, you're not leading the result. So making them, them achieve it. So this is really the trend where we should go. And, and, and this kind of, in this disruptive world, we are seeing smaller, smaller companies where they're smaller specialists and you have ideas and there are a lot of things going happening here. Uh, and and then, this, then there are these kind of people that are seen as gods and have, have, have done them and they're very, very, very appreciated and this kind of, but uh, so, so everyone wants their advice, but you can become that person at your workplace actually. And that, that's what you, if you want to be a good leader, that's what you should focus on that it's saying, well, Ultimately, what I, the work I should do is zero. That the work I should do is hundred percent helping people. Lead. Mm-hmm. Studies show if you want to do change and help people work in a different way, it's about thirty percent you do the work yourself, and seventy percent you should help others. In most of the organizations where we start, it's like I do seventy percent myself, and thirty percent of the time is like leadership. So if you have a team. How much time a week do you spend with your team to help them on one to ones? Well, it's like it's like how how good do you know that your people perform? Do you ask them every week, or do you ask them in personal development discussion once a year or twice a year? And and this is kind of the thing. So how can you make this kind of personal development discussions ongoing all the time so that they appreciate it? So that's that's my note in this kind of. Think about yourself, how much time do you really put on leadership? And you know what leadership is. You don't have to describe that. Like mm-hmm. managing his budgets and seeing that work and the KPIs. And, and then about leadership is helping people to do the work, getting better at what they do, and, and, and also expanding, mm-hmm. expanding new areas. I love that, the 30-70 rule. Yeah. You're taking the Pareto principle and expanding it a little bit. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> So, Mark, this has been absolutely brilliant, and I, I, I've loved every aspect of this conversation. Just want to transition yeah. now into the final four questions, which we ask yeah. everybody that come on the show. First question is, is what is one area do you think, or that you think, people should pay more attention to when looking to improve their own individual performance? One thing is time management mm-hmm. and prioritization, uh, prioritization of, of what you want to do. And, uh, and, and the aspect that we talked about, um, the, the percentage of you put in leadership and you put in management. So, so, so this kind of, of things of, of reflection. So how, how much time do you think about it? Because change starts from you and, and how you perceive things. And how open are you to for new ideas and 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 this kind of i'm I'm right to maybe that person has something to contribute, and what if this would be then then you you don't have like two opposites that you always have a third third option that you can think about and that's people think you're quite smart if you if you do that so 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 that's one for me mm-hmm. I love it uh time management how do you recommend people start? 
I guess a basic one, tracking their time. Do you just yeah. print out a spreadsheet with 168 hours on it and start writing out what you're doing? Or uh, because this is something that, you know, Peter Drucker, who I keep alluding to because I love his work. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he talks about all the time. What's the, yeah. what's the easiest way to start doing that? Uh, the, the easiest way to start doing it is to feel that are you stressed or are you not stressed? Mm-hmm. And, and then you start to ask yourself, well, what are the important things that I need to do during this week? And then you take it down to this day and you shouldn't have more than three. And then you know that there's always stuff that happens during the day, these ad hoc things that come up. So make sure that your time is, is like, uh, 60% utilized to the days you hour, hours you have because mm-hmm. then you always get more that you have to do um, then this, this kind of I don't know how much we have been talking about this but, but someone said to me is, is that when we are married to our computers or our phones and we have constant email and email is like you know instant messaging uh, from 911 I mean you yeah. have to answer it right away so why don't you have a day off email? Not a day off, but answer it in the morning and in the afternoon. So, so, so do that for one week. Mm-hmm. And if it feels good for you, I, I promise that will make your days quite much more easier because then you can focus on the chunks and, and what you can do. And of course, if you have spare time, go back and, and do whatever you want. And then also this kind of uh, Warren, Warren Buffett uh, <laughs> How much time does he spend on on educating himself a week? Someone yeah, said ninety percent. It's like eighty or eight hours a day he spends reading or something. Yeah, it's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Munger once said, "You know, he gets paid yeah. a lot to read," <laughs> which yeah. is uh, I love Charlie Munger on so many different levels. But yeah, yeah that's great. Yeah. Uh, Mark, what's your top trick for enhancing focus? Uh, my top trick for enhancing focus is going outside mm-hmm. and, and have a walk. How long do you typically walk for? 20 minutes. Beautiful. Coffee or, I mean, coffee in Finland, you got, you got a lot of great options there, right? I, yeah, but I didn't drink like 12 cups of coffee. So that's, like, <laughs> that's why we are so avid, uh, prominent here in Finland is because we drink 12 cups of coffee a day. And, that, and that's big coffees. Uh, and we do it as like a filter coffee home and in the office. So, mm-hmm. so, so we don't have that kind of, but, but we are, we are really addicted to that stuff. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, but probably coffee and coffee and, and, and walks, but the, the trick is, the, the trick is also to, to, to let stuff rest a bit. Mm-hmm. So if you're ready with something, uh, Probably you could spend five minutes more on it, but don't do it now. Just leave it for 20 minutes and then go back to it and then finalize it because there's something, always something that comes to mind afterwards or if you can do it next day. And this is, this is I think, also very important in, in when doing like this kind of deadlining and timing. Just be ready a little bit before the deadline if you can. Mm-hmm. And then you put this extra effort. And that's like this kind of the 10x stuff that makes it really fly. Yeah. That's great. What book has significantly impacted your life and the way you show up to perform in it? Well, um, this is a a difficult question and there are many of these kind of leadership 
books. Uh, one, and I mentioned this kind of Guy Reynolds book before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think this kind of uh, Daniel Pink's book of Dan Pink's book of motivation is is also good. I, I really enjoyed that. And this was the first time when it came out. I really came came into touch with this kind of sticks and carrots don't drive performance, but but really you feel joy of doing work. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's been kind of this. Uh, one of the leading stars for me that how can we make this work joyful? And then we come back where we are discussed like a team in this kind of discussion is, is really the purpose. So, so how can I make that? So, so that's a recommended read. I think it came out 10 years ago, but it's, it's, it's probably cited a lot. Yeah. Beautiful. Mark, where can people learn more about you? Mm, uh, they're very, very, very welcome to, um, visit our website, uh, hankensse.fi, uh, and see what are the exciting stuff that we do. Or, I mean, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, but ra- just don't connect, write something that I can, re- <laughs> I, I can react to. Uh, and I love to have a di- discussion or, and, and then we can get in contact. So uh, I'm, I'm here. Yeah, my contacts are on the net. So just put me an email or, or, uh, or, how you feel i'm 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 there mark there's been so many great audio gems here from be a, be more on the edge or i guess to be modern be on the edge uh, to yeah. the 3070 rule but yeah. thank you so much for taking the the time to be with us today and sharing all of your knowledge this has been absolutely incredible thank you boomer it's been an absolute delight for me as well Superhumans, before you go, if you enjoy the episode, if you enjoy all of our episodes, head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating. It would really, really help get the word out on what we're doing here at Decoding Superhuman. Feedback. If you want to give us direct feedback or you want to see us cover a specific topic, whether on the shorter episodes or the longer episodes, head on over to your email and email us at podcast at decodingsuperhuman.com. For those of you who have sent emails to that address, you know that I respond to every single one. And then lastly, would you like 300 to 500 words of highly curated information on how to upgrade performance? If so, head on over to decodingsuperhuman.com slash throwdown and you'll get our next issue of the throwdown, which is our 300 to 500 word highly curated digest, if you will, on what's going on in the field of performance. Enjoy your day, superhumans, and thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in to today's episode.